You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky of phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. BGN Radio, episode number... 142. How you doing, buddy? Jimmy, there's so much news to talk about today. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff here on yeah. this 10th day of Eagles training camp. Before we get into it, obviously, BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go to righteousfelon.com to get your meat snacks that the Eagles eat. Or non-meat snacks, you can use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off. Jimmy, I mean, obviously, this is also like the <laughs> Andre Tillard is out for the season uh, emergency podcast. I guess we have to start there, obviously. Yeah, I mean, we're going to record it exactly this time, just about anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's we're going to focus on that, obviously. The news coming down initially from Derek Gunn, uh, formerly of NBC Philadelphia. Nice job uh, letting him go, guys. He <laughs> broke that. Dillard uh, had a biceps injury. It was unknown at that time, you know, how severe it was. Mike Garofalo later followed up with a report that, uh, I guess he didn't say if it was a biceps tear, but he confirmed it was a biceps. And he, it's a serious sort of an injury that uh, he's going to be done for the season, uh, which is going to have both short-term and long-term ramifications. Uh, Brandon, why don't we start with the short-term uh, obviously, I would I would think that not I would think, but obviously J, uh, JP is going to be moving from right guard where he was uh, sort of positioned after they signed him in the wake of Brandon Brooks's Achilles tear. So now this is you know offensive line starter injury number two uh, that 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 they've suffered now. JP will move from right guard to left tackle, but obviously there's a lot more to it in the short term than that. Yeah, I think this actually helps the Eagles <laughs> in the short <laughs> yeah. term. I do too. Um, just just because you know Dillard was not really having a great camp. He's certain. Oh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but just in terms of the short term, right now, what the Eagles do from going here? Yeah, I think it is obviously Jason Peters at left tackle. It's Isaac Swallow at left guard. It's Jason Kelsey at, right, at center still. It's going to be Matt Pryor, I believe. You know, at right guard. I think he's had a good camp overall, and I think you know just his trajectory. You kind of have some level of optimism. He's able to take that on there obviously had uh this the start in the playoffs last year at right guard and then lane johnson although he's missed the past five days of practice sunday now. was the day that he appeared on the injury report as quote-unquote day-to-day i think it was lower body with him so that i think that's worth watching that's that that's going to be something that they'll get asked about for sure the next time he talks because he missed the entire week uh, mm-hmm. plus whenever he sustained that injury so it is extended into, you know, more than just day to day. It's been at least a week with him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, have they had better line depth in the past? Yes, Brandon, they have. Yeah, I mean, who's their backup left tackle right now? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I, it's, I mean, Mylod has been that guy throughout camp. Like, Dillard has gotten hurt at other points during camp. 
Um, and whenever he has, Mylotta has filled in. Mylotta filled in today when uh, Dillard left practice. That it was mm. actually kind of a rare thing that nobody saw Dillard leave practice early. We, you know, we all just kind of noticed that he wasn't there anymore, but nobody actually saw him leave practice. Like we normally, I actually saw it, Jimmy. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I was like the only person to see that happen while okay. all of you fools were watching <laughs> only seven on seven. I have the obviously the skill to watch both uh, seven on seven and offensive linemen. Oh, what happened to one on ones? Yeah, Josh okay. Sweat. Uh, he was going up against Josh Sweat, and then right after the rep, I was actually going to write that Dillard did a good job, but I think Josh Sweat might have led up. I guess uh, like Dillard might have gotten hurt during the rep, and it kind of ended it because he uh, he like got, he, he started squatting. And he was, like, really holding his hand, and trainers started to look at him. And at one point, he was, like, on both knees, just, like, standing there, or, you know, on the mm. ground there. Okay. Waiting and kind of just in pain uh, while the rest of the drill was still going on, you know, like, 10 feet away. So. Well, stellar reporting by you. There we go. Did you have that in your notes? I did. Oh, okay. But anyway, no one cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> Except so, me. So, yeah, I would agree Pryor's going to be, I mean, before they signed JP, we were all sort of penciling in. Uh, Matt Pryor at right guard after Brooks went down. Uh, and then thereafter, you, uh, you know, I think the locks for the roster would be Herbig at this point for sure. Um, he was at first team right guard today with Jason Peters having a maintenance day. I think you have to include Driscoll there. I had Mylotta out, but he's going to be on the team now, I would think. Yes. And then I would have Winogo on. I don't know if uh, Luke Jariga is long for the mm. roster. Okay. What do you think? Um, possibly not, but... I've talked before about how, you know, the, the signing bonus is a thing in his favor. He'll at least make the practice squad. You know, I feel pretty confident about that. But that doesn't matter. That, that doesn't matter right now. What matters is that the yeah. starting left tackle is uh, is out for the season. As you said, and I agree with, it probably makes them better in, in the short term. Like, I did not think, you know, I was thinking that Dillard at some point this season was going to get wrecked by, like, mm-hmm. a legitimate stud uh, defensive end. I mean, he really struggled. Uh, as a rookie, in my opinion, he was particularly bad uh, in his first game, which you might forgive a little bit against the Vikings when he entered that game early. He had a combination of Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter working against him. He was bad against the Cowboys, uh, facing uh, Robert Quinn all day. Uh, a little bit better against the Bears and Bills, and then obviously the the the, uh, the nightmare game for him was the Seattle Seahawks regular season game. Uh, he only lasted two quarters in that before they benched him. Uh, he was playing, you know, quote unquote out of position at right tackle, um, you know, sort of seemed like self-defeating, like he kind of knew he was going to be bad uh, heading into that game, and sure enough, he was. So he was, a you know, a player of high interest heading into this training camp, and, um, you know, as we mentioned yesterday, he had probably what was maybe the worst play of camp of anybody, where he just mm-hmm. got destroyed by Joe Osman on a bull rush, got pushed back into Carson Wentz, landed on Carson Wentz's left leg, uh, Wentz's leg kind of bent awkwardly, and he went down. Little little quick scare there, but Wentz popped right back up. Seemed to be fine. Finished practice with no problem. So that was sort of a disaster avoided there. But a really bad rep from him, and, and sort of a continuation of what the biggest fear was with him in terms of his ability or lack thereof to anchor against power rushers. There's no question that like he's a great athlete, and he has good feet, and he can mirror and match and that kind of thing. But against those power rushes. It was really a big liability, and we showed, we saw that in the practice yesterday. So I was pretty sure at some point this year that uh, he was you know going to run into some some pretty rough games. And while Jason Peters is aging, and uh, you know he's kind of been declining over the years, I think he still remains 
a more solid option in the short term than Dillard. Yeah, as far as the starting lineup goes, again, the depth is obviously in the short term is a big issue. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's better, it's better now, like, so <laughs> it's it's better in the short term until it isn't. Because once JP goes down, who, who are you putting in? Is it Mylotta? And Mylotta is not better than Dillard, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be a real problem if, if, if you know, not if, but when, when JP goes down. Like, do you think it's definitely Mylotta fills in for him now if he goes down? I mean, that's what we're seeing in practice. Like, who else would it be? You know, for sure. I think, yeah, I think it would be because who else, like, who else would it be? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Driscoll played right tackle and left guard in college. He's been playing right tackle almost exclusively, a little bit of, a little bit of right guard uh, in training camp. He, in theory, could play left tackle, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, Matt Pryor, already mentioned, is probably just going to fill in right right guard. Uh, He's played right guard and right tackle throughout camp. Uh, throughout his career with the Eagles, he's only played right guard, right tackle. He did play a little bit of left guard uh, at some point during camp this year, but I don't think he's really an option at left tackle. So, <laughs> I mean, you're like maybe Prince Tago Winogo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, convinces the you know coaches that maybe he's more ready than uh, Jordan Mailata. I don't really necessarily see that though either. So. Not great. Like they've definitely gone into seasons with, uh, with uh, you know, more convincing depth uh, than, than they appear to be heading into this season. It's frustrating too because it feels like okay, the Eagles might have finally gotten the wide receiver position right, but then it's like the <laughs> right. line just collapses and falls apart, and that that'll be like the issue this year. That'll be like the wide receiver position of last year, where that totally just like like unseats the season, totally yeah. just ruins everything. Looking at some of the. You know, the free agent options here, obviously, there aren't going to be great, you know, names. It's August 27th. You're not going to, the options are not plentiful. Offensive line play sucks around the NFL. So if there's, I mean, just generally speaking. So if there's anyone worth having on your roster, they're not just sitting on the street, you know, with their hands raised, uh, you know, ready to be signed by some team like like you might find with a running back, for example. Jimmy. They could sign Jadavian Clowney and play him an offensive tackle. No, just kidding. <laughs> I have Adrian Waddle at the top of my list. You may have been saying it all offseason. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, he's one of your free agent guys, right? His tackle guard versatility is 31 starts and 61 games played, and he eight of those starts came as a UDFA with Jim Schwartz's Lions in his last year with the Lions, 2013. So that's a guy they're familiar with. You also have Greg Robinson out there, obviously the number two overall pick from the 2014 NFL draft. He has 70 starts in 83 bust. games. Big bust. But, I mean, like, I almost feel like they, they like, I mean, are you going to trust my Lada? Like, I feel like they almost have to sign a veteran and add him into the mix here. And then, uh, you know, long term, is left tackle now a huge offseason need next year? Or do you trust that Dillard, you know, recovers from this injury? And do you trust that he is going to progress from this year to next year? Well, Jimmy, I just want you to know. Andre Dillard was dominant in training camp this year, so there's clearly no worries about his performance going forward. Yeah, uh, that, of course, is in reference to a tweet by Adam Schefter. Let me pull that out real quick to see exactly what he wrote. Eagles leader Adam Schefter reports, Eagles left tackle Andre Dillard tore his bicep at practice this morning and most likely will need season-ending surgery next week, as Real D. Gunn reported. Dillard was dominant in camp. (laughs) That's just such a lie. Come on. Like, God. It's just not true. Unreal. Like, come on, man. First of all, as as you guys probably know, like Adam Schefter, I don't know where he lives, but certainly not at Eagles practices. 
<laughs> like he's not, he's not like going to team practices or whatever. Certainly not the Eagles team practice. But are you just gonna take an agent's word? Like an agent text you that? I can't imagine you know just reporting that way in hopes that they're gonna give you a scoop down the line. Like it's just it would just be demoralizing to me to, to have to do that. But uh, he did. Dillard was dominant in camp, having no idea whatsoever how, what kind of camp uh, Andre Dillard had. I didn't think Dillard was like, like – I mean, there was, he had that one horrible, horrible rep, obviously, yesterday. and kind mm-hmm. of like reaffirmed all the concerns that you know I had about him heading into this season. But, you know, like I, I guess there were other times where he like, got pushed back into the pocket. But it wasn't like an, it wasn't a horrible camp otherwise. But it sure, it sure as hell wasn't dominant. Yeah, that's just where it's it's insane. Like you could have been, you could have said something like, you know, he was showing encouraging signs, or he was, you <laughs> yes. know, you could even said like he had a good camp, which would still be wrong, but would be right. like, all right, whatever. Like, you wouldn't have people all over you saying what? <laughs> yeah, like dominant is just so clearly a lie. Um, just it's just not true at all, and it's concerning because going into year three, which Andre Dillard will be next year. Yeah, it's like you don't know what you have still in terms of like you don't know this guy's a franchise left tackle for sure. Like you can't say that. You cannot say that with like any kind of serious certainty. You I mean, can you couldn't say that. it this year. You can't you say can't it say next it. year. Yeah, and guess what? Andre Dillard going into his third season next year, returning twenty six in October twenty twenty one. That's not great. He's he's an older player for for you know a guy that was only drafted last year, and you just kind of wonder you know what's this going to do for his development too? Like I just. I don't know. It's it's a huge concern. And just based, like, this this idea, you know, like the Eagles want to build through the trenches. You know, they want to be strong up front on both sides of the ball. And I just don't know, you know, what this team looks like if that's a weakness. Because it's been a strength for them in recent years. And guess what? It still hasn't been enough in a lot of ways. You know, when you look at the 2018 season and 2019 season, you know, where even where, when the wide receivers were abysmal, at least you have the off the line there to kind of like help you out and yeah. you can do some things. But like, if you don't have that, like, geez, like, I, I, it doesn't even matter. It almost doesn't even matter if the wide receivers are like a lot better. If the if the line isn't going to protect Carson Wentz, if he's going to get again, they're they're so close because you know JP is out there right now, sure. But like, and what he how many he didn't miss a ton of games last he year. He played like eighty like, percent of the snaps last year. But yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, he played every game. Wise, he started every, but he came out of like. I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly how many games, but he came out a it's bunch se- of games early. It's 75% of the snaps he played, so even less than okay. 80 or right, fewer yeah, than It was 80, 80 the, yeah. year, the year before then. It was 13 starts. It was 13 starts last year and 13 games played. Oh, yeah, yeah so, you're right. My bad. Yeah, the, Was it the year before he played all 16? Correct, in 2018. Yeah, okay. But now, okay. you know, he's another year older. He's going to – he's um he's like 38 and a half. He'll be turning 39 after the season. Like, you know, it's just – it's this is a not a good situation. This is a big concern. Like, this is – you know, I think – one thing I wanted to say yesterday when we were talking about like biggest concern, like you could say that linebacker is like kind of the weakest point of the Eagles roster. If you're kind of just, you know, not waiting position and everything, but like bad linebacker play, isn't going to ruin the Eagles 2020 season. Like (laughs) you're not, that's not going to be the storybook. Like you look back and like, Oh man, if only they had a better linebacker, that would have changed everything. Like, no, but this offensive line thing could absolutely be yeah. the reason why this season is like totally thrown off. Um, so it's, it's a huge issue. It's it's a big freaking deal. Yeah, and Jim Schwartz has said that before. Like if a, if a linebacker like badly messes up a play, like maybe a running play goes for fifteen yards instead of four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like whereas like if an offensive tackle you know, just whiffs on a block, it could be the end of your quarterback season. Yeah, 
or a sack fumble that gets returned for a touchdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, obviously, uh, the, the, you know, as you mentioned, the positional importance is, uh, is, is huge with the offensive line and tackle specifically. <laughs> this is not good, Jimmy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know other way. Like, I, I mean, I think they got Doug the evaluation Peterson. wrong on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, this Peterson. injury has nothing to do with, with that, obviously, but, uh, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, even before the injury, I think it was a, it was a major uh, concern. It was my biggest concern on the team heading into this year was was Dillard at left tackle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they they might be better in the short term again until Jason Peters goes mm-hmm. down, and then they're not better short term anymore. So it, it's a uh, it's it's a very layered, like as you mentioned, it's a very layered uh, situation with with Dillard getting hurt. Yeah, I just think like you look at the Brandon Brooks injury and like it's a big deal because he's a really good player. But at the same yeah. time, like I don't think that totally changes the Eagles' outlook of the whole season. Like it's not like right, but this does. Like I don't, yes. I don't, and and I'm not ready to say the season's over because this team has been incredibly resilient under Doug Peterson. And then like who knows how he might have a trade or a signing or whatever up his sleeve, and maybe they can kind of make it work. But I mean, there's just a chance like they don't. Like, there's there's a very real chance like this is a disaster or or like pretty bad. And, when did the injury stop? Back? By the way, man, like it's crazy. There's already like, there's like a major. Oh well, actually, there is good news. Jannard Avery. We probably both thought it was an ACL tear, but it turns out it's just a bone bruise. So he should, he's only day to day. Well, that's good. Well, seriously though, good for him. Happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah. this is this isn't good. I, I just I don't know. That's where I'm coming down with. Like this, I don't know what else to say. Like this is bad. Like this is again short term. If the offensive line stays healthy, it could work out. They could be good, but I mean, it's just, it's really hard to count on that. Knowing how JP is just going to get banged up at some point, uh, even if it's not like, you know, miss, missing multiple games, he's going to miss snaps. Like it's just, it's a guarantee. It's a lock. It's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, I just don't really know how they survive that. If it's an issue longer than a few snaps, you know, it's not bad, Brandon. <sighs> Jeez. Who isn't bad? Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. If you're looking She's to good. buy or sell a home, Kristen Roach was voted by the leaders of earth as the best realtor in the history of the universe. Call her at 856-906-9295 for a free market analysis or home comps or just to say hello. 856-906-9295, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, or you just email me, jimmy at phillyvoice.com. Brandon? Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
back here on BGN Radio episode 142. Uh, pretty gloomy uh, start for the <laughs> podcast here, Jimmy. And, uh, yes. you know, uh, did you even mention the fans thing? Have we talked about that yet? Have, yeah, There's well, some more gloom. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked. I don't think we've talked about it much on the pod. We definitely haven't talked about it at all on this pod. But uh, the Eagles were got confirmation from the somebody. Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Okay. That there will be no fans uh, to start the season for sure, and probably won't have them all season. So that's a bummer if you enjoy going to football games. Yeah, and, and it's not surprising to me, at <laughs> least in, in the you know the way this yeah has been it, was, going. it was the expected outcome for sure. But it seems like the Eagles were kind of holding out hope that something might be able they might be able to like work out some kind of alternative or some kind of you know situation with like pods that other teams seem to be doing. Like a limited amount of fans can attend. The crowd noise thing is weird. Did you see that Kyle Shanahan tweet? Jimmy? Yes, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. Like, like, so basically, if they're gonna have fake crowd noise, uh, any NFL team this year, it's on the whole game. Like they can't like turn it off at any point. Like it's just on the entire game, which is stupid <laughs> and and it's dumb. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, why would you What's do that? The point? So like, if the, oppo- yeah. if the opposing team scores, there's gonna be cheering. <laughs> like, are you, are you serious? <laughs> The dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, I mean, that's basically any like Washington game at FedEx Field, anyway. But also, but. just I don't like the idea of any fake crowd noise, anyway. That's just me. Like, just be real. Just, just I mean, it's it's yeah. weird, it's weird times. Just just go with it. Mm. Why? What do you need? What do you need fake noise for? Like, I guess I like it works a little bit in like the soccer games because they have that constant. They're just con- they're, yeah. I mean, there's just constant crowd noise in soccer games and chants and whatnot. Like that's mm-hmm. fun. But, like, it doesn't work, really, in football, I don't think. Yeah, football is very reactionary. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly just hitting play on a recorder and having crowd noise throughout randomly. Like, it really just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And is that just on TV, by the way? Or is that actually in the stadium? I think it's in the stadium. Also, it wouldn't be good for injuries if you can't turn it off for even those. Like, this guy <laughs> right. suffers a like, good ACL like, tear. Oh, the fake fans are booing an injury. <laughs> it's classic, Phil- classic scumbag Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> on more positive news, Jimmy, Eagles wide receivers are looking good. Yeah, I'm starting to buy in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they've been great every day, and I've been holding off saying, you know, kind of uh, overpraising them, but they've just been awesome throughout the entirety of camp, really. Hightower had a big, had a big not a big day today, but he had a big catch today. Uh, where, were they, where were they on that, like uh, the 20-yard line or so when that play started? Yeah, and, yeah uh, I think it was red zone work, so I had him at the 20. Okay, so uh, he caught, like, was it Sud? It oh, was that. Sud. Okay, so Sud lofted Nate up, uh, sort of a 50-50 ball. To Hightower, who went up over Craig James, I think it was. Correct. And uh, made a really nice catch, kept you know kept himself in bounds. It was good for a touchdown. Like, he, you know, from my vantage point, it didn't look like he was going to make the play, but ended up with the ball, held on, and he's just done that all throughout camp. Again, we've mentioned numerous times, like, we haven't seen him drop anything, but he's also made some really nice plays on top of it. So, mm-hmm. I, for me, I think he's the fourth receiver right now. Wow. Like, I would say it's Rager and Deshaun are the stars, which mm-hmm. is, I think is pretty clear at this point. And then I think most people kind of had Ward as the three and yeah. um, maybe J.J. sort of as the four. I think it's uh, Rager, Deshaun, J.J. in some way, and Hightower is my fourth guy. And then Ward is back end of the roster. 
hmm, break glass if, if break glass in emergency. I don't know if I agree because like Ward's still getting all those first team slot receiver reps though, and and again like I going off of like I think Elliot Short Parks like had some of those you know training camp stats mm-hmm. he's like recording. I think Ward is like Wentz's top targeted receiver. Like it's just kind of hard for me to believe like he's okay. totally going to be on the shelf. And yeah, and also like Hightower still very much has to prove it. I think he's been great. I think he's 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 you know showing. I think um like when we talk about skills here, yeah, hands have certainly been great for Hightower. I haven't noticed drops like ball tracking. He, you know, he had that deep catch yesterday, kind of just knew exactly where the ball was. And then just like the strength and kind of focus to really just get that contested uh, fade catch today. Really encouraging. And then really when you expand the receiver position beyond that, like beyond, you know, whoever's playing at the top there, like Deontay Burnett's looking good, Jimmy. He had another good catch today. Like every, every day. day, Deontay Burnett makes every, it. Every he day. looks good. Like a legit. And then, you know, even he, and this isn't like, like one good training camp. I mean, it is in the sense for the Eagles, but he looked good at the end of last year. I thought he had a diving catch in one of those games, the Giants game, week seventeen. But even looking when the Eagles signed him, I tweeted out this video of like, wow, this guy looks like he's legitimately like the best. He could be the best receiver (laughs) on the team right now. Like just looking at his highlights, he had with the Jets, which were very limited. But like he made tough catches there, like good, legitimately like good tough catches. Yeah, I, I feel like Burnett has to be on this team the way he's playing. I mean, he deserves it. He mossed Craven LeBlanc. He did you know, on the sideline. It was very nice, very nice catch on the sideline today. And mossed, and, and that's like, the right way. To and play. straps good too. So it's not like he just made a, a play on a bum. You know, it's not like he beat some like bum defensive <laughs> yes. back. Like it was, that was a good rep. Yeah, he's had a good camp. He's not the biggest guy. His uh, athletic measurables aren't great. He's kind of you know just like Greg Ward. Frankly, he's been better than Ward in this camp by a substantial he, margin, in my opinion. <laughs> He's also younger. Greg Ward's twenty five. Deontay Burnett's only twenty two. Like yeah. this is this. So this is a guy in theory. You know, you look at that young age. Like he could even get better potentially, or you know what I mean. Like I, I that's not a guy you want to lose, in my opinion. Can you keep seven receivers? You can. You know, what if you only keep like they have? Yeah, I know they did it. No, I'm telling you, they have. Sorry, I was oh, agreeing. Okay. Yes, they have. I agree. They what? did it with uh, uh Danny Amendola, I think, when he was on the yes. team back in the day. Did they have they done it in the Doug era? I don't think so, but they did. They did have six, you know, in 2017, um, and I guess they've done six other times. But they basically, maybe they did or didn't. I can't remember. But I know they, you know, they had six 2017 because they had uh, Alshon and Tory and Aguilar and Hollins and Shelton Gibson and Marcus Johnson. So we're not even counting Alshon in the seven when we're talking about that. By the way, correct? Yes, <laughs> like, we're putting him on pup. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're talking Rager, uh, Deshaun, Ward. JJ and the two rookies, Hightower and uh, mm-hmm. and Quez Watkins, and then Burnett potentially being the seventh guy. He's 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 absolutely earned a roster spot from what I've seen so far. Yeah, I don't know. I think you have to keep him though. Does like, anyone pluck so, him if you uh, if you caught him? Maybe they should. They absolutely should. The if they're reading our that. practice reports. <laughs> I mean, apparently that's a thing that people do. That's why all these GMs are afraid of it. I am shocked that they are admitting that. That blows mm-hmm. me away. Like if, like if Howie said he was looking at other reporters' practice reports, he would get killed mm-hmm. for that. I'm surprised. Like it was the the Green Bay uh, GM whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, he admitted that, not admitted, but he actually used Gundcust. Yeah, he 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 said that as a reason why they're not allowing Packers reporters to report on like depth chart stuff and uh, other just basic observations that you make at practice. They're not allowed to report that stuff. And the reason they gave was that their scouts follow other, you know, media people uh, around the league. And they sort of take that information and 
I don't know what they do with it. I, I assume it's just kind of like a starting point. But if Howie ever admitted that, like, he was looking at, like, you know, other teams, you know, media people for for information. And I'm sure they do. I'm like, why wouldn't you? But if he ever admitted that, like, I, I can't I can't imagine the Philly fans, like, not destroying him for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I totally get that. And it wasn't even just the Packers guy, too. I think uh, some other GM said that. I forget. I think it was Bills. Because um, there's that whole Bills story where they... They banned their own. Uh, it was reporter. Bills, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, they like quit over a bunch of stuff. Anything else, Jimmy, on the wide receivers? I would add that Deshaun Jackson just still looks great. Yeah, really, like, good he's day always open. From him. <laughs> he's were just you, always open. How close to you were were you from him? Oh no, you were in the you're in the bleachers. Never mind. Did you did you see him jump into the fence? No. <laughs> so when he what beat, is that? When he beat, when he beat Slay on that deep post in uh, seven on sevens after he you know caught that touchdown pass. He ran mm-hmm. to like the fence and like did like a side bump with the fence, padded, nice. like they they have a pad in front of the, in front of the fence. But I was like, you know, calm down, Deshaun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> make it to week one at least, man. You didn't see yeah, that? He looked, he, I didn't see that celebration, but I saw him just being open all the time and Carson finding him a lot. Really effective connection. But I also saw Carson Wentz target Deshaun Jackson deep. And Darius Slay broke it up. Really good coverage, I felt like, on that play. It wasn't an inaccurate throw from Wentz. Like, it was the ball was there yeah. where it should have been, and Slay was just had really good position. And Big stride good battles stride. today. Yep. So, uh, that's good to see, you know, because there's, I think there's been a lot of consternation from fans, you know, talking about how, uh, yo, Darius Slay could be a bust here because he's getting beat a lot in practice, <laughs> right. but um, definitely had a good rep uh, against Deshaun on that play. So, that's encouraging to see. Well, the other thing, too, like with, uh, you know, everyone has just been, you know, you and me reporting that, you know, how good the receivers look has pretty much been across the board. And I think the, um, you know, the natural reaction to that is like, oh, well, that must mean that the defensive backs have been bad. But I really mm-hmm. haven't felt that way, though, either. Like, I think Slay's been fine. I'm not worried about a guy like Slay, first of all, because, you know, he's a veteran. Uh, he's a veteran quarterback. Cornerback. I like watched every one of his snaps last year, and very clearly that guy can cover. Like he hasn't mm-hmm. lost that ability, and like I have other concerns with him, but clearly he can cover, and he, he's going to be able to cover this year. But I think the other you know corners have have played really well too. Like Maddox, as you've mentioned, has has had a good camp. Uh, NRC has had a really good camp. Uh, Cravon's yeah. had a good camp. I think that like their corners are going to be a lot better this year than they were a year ago. Which is kind of weird that like both the receivers and the corners seem to be playing well, but it's just kind of the reality of, of what's happened so far in camp. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think the secondary has been like bad by any means. I, you know, Maddox is going to get beat sometimes just because he's not big enough, but he plays sticky coverage, and I'll take that. You know, I mean, obviously you want a guy ideally who's bigger and can play sticky coverage, but I'd rather take the guy still that isn't going to get totally like toasted and be out of position all the time. Like at least Maddox is going to be in the right place and he can test and he can jump. So he's going to, it's not like he, he loses every jump ball. Like, you know, he's in position to, to contest some of these. So yeah, I feel fine really about the corners, which is a weird thing to say about the Eagles because uh, usually not the case, but, but yeah, receivers, corners, all of a sudden those positions are looking better and the trenches aren't looking as great. Um, I've, you know, the defensive line has been good in camp. But also, I think that part of that is because the offensive line has not been good. Yeah. And it should be noted, I wanted to say this earlier, like, the offensive line was not looking great even before, you know, like, 
these injuries, like the the latest injuries, like when they had basically what they're going to go into the season with. And now it's even lesser. Although again, you can argue it's better in the short term. And man, I really just not, not to harp on that again, but I just, I, I don't really like, what does that do to this team's outlook? Like it hurts it a lot. Yeah, I mean, for sure. <laughs> like, I mean, just the number of injuries that they've had is crazy already with Brooks and Dillard and Javon Hargrave and Derek Barnett. Like, when does it end? It's, cra- yeah. it's crazy every year. I mean, I mean, what do you do? You know, at a certain point, like, with the offensive line situation, like, I don't, you know, like, what else were they even supposed to do? I mean, obviously not draft, trade up for a tackle who isn't good. But even if he was good, it's still a big issue. <laughs> But it's, that, it's, like, like, it's like younger you guys that it's happening to now, too. Like, you know, Diller is a second-year guy. Hargrave never had an injury really before. He goes never, down. Barnett, yeah. you know, does have that injury history, but he is a young guy. Brooks, maybe a little predictable on that one that, that he went down. Sure. You know, he's, had, he's had his injury problems as well. But, like, it just – the the, the never-ending string of injuries with this team is just crazy to me. Like, I just put together, like, a uh, – uh, like, an, uh, sort of a tracker of um, – all the Eagles opponents this year and the injuries that they've had. And none of them have had, you know, as big an injury problem as the Eagles have so far. None. And the Eagles also hired a new medical staff, you know, in the off season, <laughs> right? Like they added a whole new trainer and a whole new, um, like director of rehab or whatever guy, like they've added new people too. So, and from teams that were healthy, I guess something I had talked about early, like they, they brought in guys from like the Vikings and Rams who have been two of the healthiest teams in recent years. So like, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, they're certainly trying. Like I give them credit. Yeah, for, yeah, for I give them a for effort, but it's um, <laughs> it's not panned out so far. Jeez, uh, do we want to? Any final thoughts here, Jimmy? I guess before we wrap up, wrap up on a somber edition of this BGN Radio. Yeah, I think I'm okay on the final thoughts this week or this or today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same. I just man, like I just I guess I don't know how to reconcile the offensive line thing. Like I don't like a lot of things. Like it's like all right, this is bad, but it's not the end of the world. Like this could be. I mean, not the literal end of the world, but end of the Eagles football season. I guess final thoughts, obviously a lot bigger going on than sports right now. Speaking of end of the world with, uh, you know, social justice conversation and everything. And the Eagles practice today in full while a bunch of other teams in the NFL, you know, decided to uh, cancel or postpone. And obviously the NBA canceled their games on Wednesday night, although they will be resuming, it looks like, at some point here. No Flyers now tonight. Yeah, no Flyers game tonight with NHL um, canceling and... Uh, you know, this kind of stuff is not, you know, feel it's not easy. It doesn't come natural for me to talk about. There's a lot of good voices out there, I feel like. Um, but it's probably still important to talk and voice thoughts um, if you have those. And I would just say, like, I, I think something that I think about a lot is there's just like, it really hurts me that there's a lack of empathy in the world. And I, I'd like to think I'm a, somewhat of an empath, Jimmy, and I can kind of, uh, you know, put myself in other people's shoes. And in a lot of ways, I fail to do that. And I wish I could do it even better. But it just kind of hurts me when I look at look at Doc Rivers like crying, yeah. telling you about how like you know like and, and look at all these people hurting, a lot of black people hurting, and like I just you know like we have to listen to those people and like and like try to help them and and do things to where when we don't keep getting into this situation where you know there's this you know this, there's this outrage and and it's justified because people are hurting and they feel like they're not listened to and and change isn't happening and i guess like it's so i felt encouraged by hearing some of the stuff that Rodney McLeod and Jill Mills and Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz had to say after yeah. practice yep. yeah and it's just so i don't know i'm not you know, going to be a great voice of uh, insight or reason here i'm i'm a white male i'm very i've been very privileged and very fortunate 
And I probably take that. I do take that for granted. I can never understand the plight of some of these people that are, that are these black people um, and minorities who are, who are hurting and have been discriminated against. It's just, it's really hard. It's really hard to see. It's, it's even a billion times harder for them than it is for me, obviously. And I just, I wish, I guess my wish, that's my thought. That's where my thought is at. It's, I, I just wish we had more empathy and we can, and as a people, we could just not be so, you know, divided and just kind of come together and, you know, and, you know not trying to say utopia here. Obviously, there's going to be differences of opinion, but like a, a, a wish could at least just have an understanding. Like, look, these people are hurt. Like, acknowledge that, like validate that, recognize that and like understand like we have we have work to do like we need to we, there's, a lot, there's a lot of work to be done in the world like a lot of uh, improvement that has to be made well said buddy did you see one went the one quote from Wentz that uh that i thought was really good from him was you know something racism is something that uh quote, or quote unquote you know something i've chosen to look past uh previously mm-hmm. as somebody who who knew very few black people growing up and yeah. he said that he's being educated a lot and i think you know that that you know, some version of that quote, you know, applies to a lot of white people that didn't grow up, um, you know, or, or didn't didn't know a lot of black people growing up, and uh, don't really didn't really understand uh, sort of the the struggles that they go through. And you know, the light has obviously been shined on that in a big way over the last year or so. So uh, I think people are starting to come around to that. But obviously, there's so much. Like, I mean, there's there's an insane amount of work to be to be done there. Clearly, um, a lot of uh, a lot of minds that that need to be you know opened and and more receptive to you know understanding what what black people and and you know others go through on a day to day basis that you know people like you and me do not. This has been BGN Radio episode 142. Thank you for listening. Subscribing. Obviously, the Eagles have off on training camp. Uh, tomorrow, which is Friday, August 28th. And then we, Jimmy and I will be back uh, recapping the, the practices on Saturday and Sunday before it gets cut off. Obviously, you can go to RightToSellin.com to help support BGN Radio, our sponsor of the podcast, Right to Sell and Craft Jerky. Uh, so go do that and use discount code BGN15 and check out for 15% off. Obviously, you know, check out our work, my work at BleedingGreenNation.com, Jimmy's at PhillyVoice.com. Check out our social media channels, all that good stuff, rate, review, and until next time. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup developer first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.